Welcome to the Relationships Inside Out podcast with Drs. Gregory Sieber and Kimberly Murray, licensed marriage and family therapists. Join them on this journey as they explore the ins and outs of relationships. Welcome to Relationships Inside Out, where today we're going to talk about loneliness. Loneliness. Ooh, this comes up, I think, for most people at some point in life, right? Yeah. But it becomes a question of, is it short-lived or is it something that's more chronic and pervasive? And then what impact mm-hmm. does it have on your body, your mind, your space? Yeah. And when we talk about loneliness, this isn't you're alone, physically alone. Mm-hmm. This is more of a mental state mm-hmm. that you feel alone. Even when you're around friends and family, even during the holidays, right? That comes up, you feel alone. You feel empty, you feel unwanted. So there's a difference, right? And it's a difference between solitude. Solitude is I have a, a, a voluntarily deciding to step away from interacting with people. You still engage with people, but there's a balance between your Like choice. alone time. I like to have my alone time. Yeah, that's much different, right? <clears throat> Loneliness is this idea of people who are experiencing feeling alone and empty and unwanted, but want that human connection, mm-hmm. right? So that's a, a, a important distinction there. And, and it, like you said earlier, it comes at different points in life. There's different reasons because the cause, I mean, that's, it's still up in the air, but there are some factors like, for example, you start losing people in your life to death, mm-hmm. especially when you look at older adults, they lose a loved one. Yep. Even breakups. Mm-hmm. Breakups. Yep. Feeling. Can be depression setting in for other mm-hmm. things. And this is one symptom of depression or anxiety, yeah. right? If I'm having to isolate to mitigate mm-hmm. my symptoms and I want to have that connection and I can't physically tolerate that connection to some degree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's tough. I mean, there's a lot of good research coming out of UCSD, out of their um, uh, lab out there. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting about it is that some of the research points to the newer, younger generation experiencing mm-hmm. higher rates of it. Interesting. What do you make of that? So their, their discussion is around technology. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how so? Like, let's talk about that because I feel like... Mm-hmm. And it's it's probably bi-directional, but I think about now and now nowadays I sound really old. <laughs> nowadays, when we pick up the phone to call our friend, that's the anomaly. Mm-hmm. It's texting. Ugh. Or we'll go out and I'll see people, whole families or friend groups sitting at the table next to each other, but all being on their phone and texting or yeah, doing whatever they're doing. Right. But there's yeah. not this connection. There's also this like almost overexposure with social media. So I can see that my friends or family, oh, they're doing such Mm -hmm. fun things. They must not need support because they look really happy in those pictures. Right. And thus Mm -hmm. I may interpret that as, oh, they're doing good. No need to check on them. When in reality, we've talked about this, Facebook's a highlight reel (laughs) and they could need support. But because I have this overexposure to their joyful moments, I'm Mm -hmm. assuming they're good to go. Yeah. And and I can't say that. I like talking on the phone. And so I'll call people and they're like, oh God. And they won't answer. And they'll text me immediately after like, hey, what's up? That drives me no. nuts. Absolutely yeah. drives me nuts. I want to have a, a different type of relationship. And what you talk mm-hmm. about, that physical connection is kind of something that they hypothesize as well as that's more important. You're not getting on social media. And another thing that comes up is how are you using social media? Mm-hmm. Because are you using it to look at other people? Or are you actually interacting with others? Because there are some, Good question. some things out there that talk about people who are maybe introverted, who use social media and the internet to connect could help. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but then there's those who might be more prone to being lonely, not wanting to engage with others. So they go on the internet and they use internet more because that's their alternative. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, what is, what's, what's the relationship there, right? Does too much internet use lead to loneliness? Possibly like in the case that you talked about where 
they're all around the table and all the families on their phones. Um, they're not interacting. There's no engagement, things like that. So, oh, or it comes to the other side of somebody who's just naturally lonely is going to be using those. Kind of fill in the gaps. More. Yeah. But it can perpetuate that cycle, right? I think of some Absolutely. people who are lonely, not that anyone would choose to suffer in loneliness, but we might choose isolation. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm comparing myself. Maybe I'm ashamed of my body or something mm-hmm. about me. And then I'm on social media and I'm following people who have that ideal body type. And it just feeds this internal narrative of, I'm not that size. Mm-hmm. I need to be embarrassed. I'm going to keep isolating. Yeah. And you bring up some good points, right? <laughs> Low self-esteem is something that they associate with loneliness. So maybe the lonely or um, maybe not the best social skills. Mm-hmm. You're more introverted, maybe more prone to loneliness. So depending on what that what that is, that could be exacerbated by the decisions you're making, especially if it's not Absolutely. something that's allowing you to interact with people in a more, I think, valuable and intentional way. Mm-hmm. Think about physical ability or disability, yeah. right? Can I go on a hike? Do I have that physical ability? Mm-hmm. If not, do I isolate? Do my next of kin, my loved ones accommodate if I have physical disabilities? Or do they expect me to kind of fit into their world? Yeah. And that's what brings up an interesting question too, is or not question, but kind of thought is you could feel lonely around your family because you feel like you can't relate to anybody. You've mm-hmm. grown up, maybe you had a different life experience. Um, different worldview, political view. And so you feel yeah, unwanted and lonely in that area of your life. Um, and again, as you mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, that I mean that can show up as depression and um, substance use is kind of associated with loneliness. So think about that with COVID, right? COVID set us up to be lonely. We told people you can't leave your house, you can't interact with other people, mm-hmm. you should actually fear other people. Mm-hmm. And some people have remained kind of stuck in that holding pattern, mm-hmm. whether it is fear, still fear of COVID or I got used to being alone. So the idea of reintegrating into society or with my friends or whatever feels too intimidating. Thus, I'm just going to stay in this space. That's really mm-hmm. lonely and isolating. Yeah. And, and even if you do have a family that's at home that you're stuck in with, you could feel lonely with them too, right? Again, this is a mental state, not actually within physical. your marriage. Yeah. Think about parents. Oh, I hear that a lot. I feel uh-huh. alone and lonely in my marriage. Yeah. I think about it with parents, right? We, as I have talked about, when we had our first, it's almost like we became lepers because our friends without kids all of a sudden didn't want to hang out anymore because mm. now we've got this kid with us, right? Mm. This thing that makes noises that kind of limits our times because we're on a sleep schedule or limits where we can go. Right. And it creates this kind of isolating effect, but also as a parent, like limitation of time and thus I'm lonely. I don't get time to go do my hobbies, to mm-hmm. be around my friends, to do the things I once did. Yeah. How do you see it show up in the marriage stuff? Uh, typically when you, they're not connected anymore, they've kind of, you know, distanced over time um, emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> they come home. It's the same pattern. They're not really connecting physically or intimately. Mm-hmm. And they just feel like a roommate. I, I think the roommate is really the key to me. When someone says that, I feel like that's pretty lonely. Um, some identify it as empty marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think loneliness is in there as well. But granted 100%. now, if they have a close friend, this is, this is what's key too, is if you have a few close friends that could undo the effects of loneliness. Mm-hmm. So you might be lonely in marriage, but if you have a really few close friends or family members that you're really close with, um, that could, that could help buffer that. Um, so we see loneliness also used as like a psychological tactic in unhealthy marriages sometimes too, right? Isolation, especially Mm. in abusive marriages where part of the abuse isn't just physical or putting you down. It's 
isolating you from your people. It's yeah. making you feel isolated and lonely. And that can create this kind of like entrapment feeling. Yeah. And it can show up in different ways. This is why they're like, I don't know what causes it, right? It's a mental state. But more importantly, um, how it comes about may vary, but what we do about it is going to be kind of the key there, right? I mean, in older adults, some of the research was pointing to a couple of things <laughs> that were related to it. And this is qualitative work out of UCSD. <laughs> they talked about um, compassion, showing mm -hmm. compassion to others was one way that helped them. So they got to do something for somebody else. But that fills this other thing that they talked about, a theme that showed up in the qualitative work, which was purpose. Purpose. Mm -hmm. Right. So a lot of the, the older adults didn't feel purpose, right? So they didn't have their life partner anymore. Maybe they lost somebody. Um, so they're like, retired. What now? Retired. Um, and not having a purpose is so important. And especially like if you're retired and you're not doing anything to stimulate your brain or anything, like that's not good. We need to be engaged in something. But um, I mean, those were some big factors for the loneliness for the older adults, right? So they lost somebody. They don't have that connection anymore. Who do I go to? No, really no close friends. Maybe they're in a retirement community, hard to meet mm -hmm. people. Um, and then the uh, purpose, finding a purpose was a big, and I think that's even true at younger things. So sometimes I'll feel that. And I'm just like, I was, you know, lonely in the sense of purpose and, and my existence, right? Think about when we take care of other people, right? If we're used to being a parent and then our kids launch, they, they leave the nest. Mm. there goes some purpose. There also goes some social connection. Conversely, if we are a child that grew up taking care of our parents and we move out, mm. we go to college, we lose that purpose and we lose that social connection, right? Yeah. And we have to find what can then fill that hole. What can then replace this feeling of loneliness, of isolation, of wanting social connection and not having it in a way that's healthy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think, we're all going to experience this at some point in our life. If we're not experiencing Which it now, sucks, by the way, yeah. Cause the, the purpose, hard. the purpose shifts and maybe your capacity to engage in that purpose changes. So you can't do that anymore. Um, people die. Right. Mm. Um, or maybe there's like emotional cutoff in family because it's been unhealthy, but you still have this drive and there's like this social pressure of like, where's your parents, right? Like, how are your parents doing? And you're mm -hmm. like, I don't talk to them, you know, whatever it might be. Um, there's just a lot of different ways that we could experience this throughout our lifespan. And so when we think about things to do for loneliness, I, I, one I like is finding people in your life that align with your values. That doesn't always have to be family. And it may not be family, mm -hmm. but finding groups and connections with that. Hobby groups, hobby groups, church, school, right. Mm -hmm. Being able to connect with other people in your community, even Facebook groups sometimes have like social outings, right? Mm -hmm. That first step of going on those social outings or joining that group it's probably the hardest. It's intimidating. Mm. It might feel really scary, really vulnerable to do this. And it can be a powerful mitigator for loneliness. Like those meetup groups, mm -hmm. right? Find a meetup group with that hobby. <clears throat> but one thing that comes up with clients that, that I work with that are experiencing loneliness is they have negative thoughts about what that interaction is going to look like. Mm. And it serves as a barrier to want to go engage. Say more about that. So they'll, this, this comes in the realm of maybe they don't have the best social skills either right? They're just, they're more introverted. And so in their mind, they're like, I'm going to go and people are going to look at me weird, or I'm not going to have anything to say or contribute. I'm very anxious about mm -hmm. how I, you know, um, exist in that context. And I feel like it's going to go wrong. Right. So there's a lot of negative associations with what they've experienced in the past that they're going to predict what's going to happen. Um, so it's helpful to kind of work with that and, and try to actually challenge yourself and predict what good could happen. Cause that, that serves as a barrier. Like, I, I feel like that's one of the biggest barriers that I work with, with the clients is, 
getting that thought process out of there so they can actually find the motivation to even look at a meetup group or something like a dance class or something. Mm -hmm. I think for loneliness too, it is leaning into the grieving or mourning that might be taking place. Mm. Right. So say we lose our partner, a loved one, we have this longing for them to come back and thus we isolate because no one, no one else is going to fill those shoes. Mm. And so part of working through loneliness is also working through what got you here. So if it is loss, going to therapy, going to support groups, whatever it might be, to work through that grief and mourning Mm. so that we can hold space for both, I miss this loved one and no one will ever fill their shoes and I can still have social connection in different ways. Yeah, I love the group idea, right? Because mm-hmm. because now you're around people who are experiencing similar things. Who get it? That's important. Mm-hmm. Granted, you might someone might experience similar things, and then you talk to them, you're like, oh my god, this person's like off the wall. <laughs> um, but that's it's it's creating opportunity. Yeah, that's the most important thing. Because as you mentioned earlier, like people like go off to have kids. Now you got to find a whole different cohort, right? And then you have friends who don't have kids. They're like, we got to find a different cohort or whatever it might be. So. There's differences in um, that life transition that affect mm-hmm. who we're connected with. And so it's, to me, it's something that's ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might find my friend that you have now that's been long, that maybe you're not that close with, that you want to increase that relationship, mm-hmm. add more substance and depth with that. And that would help with the loneliness mm-hmm. because now you're finding somebody and you're building a connection that's meaningful and putting more energy in it. I think at the core of loneliness is recognizing one, that it's there and two, honoring the space for it. Right. I think about even within my own family, my mom died five years ago next week. And there's this like unspoken, nope, we're not lonely. Nope, we're not depressed. Nope, we're not anxious. But yet it is very mm-hmm. visible. And so we have to create space to own it, to talk about it, mm-hmm. and to talk about all the ways in which it impacts us, whether it's physical pain or yeah. sadness or anger or judgment, irritability, right? It's mm-hmm. not as simple as I just feel sad and wish other people were here. We have a whole host of symptomology that go with it, mm-hmm. right? Physical, mental, emotional, social. Yeah, absolutely. And so honoring all parts of those and seeking support that kind of validates those pieces. Yeah, becoming aware of it. And, and I think, and going back to the definition of distinguishing, I'll ask clients like, you know, how, how, do you feel alone? Oh, no, I have people around me. No, no. Do you feel not, Perception is key here. Not are you alone? Do you feel very different, right? Going back to that distinction mm-hmm. and, and understanding that I think could help bring out that awareness of like, oh, yes, I do feel that way, but I shouldn't because I have all these people around me. Oh, I hear that all the time, the shooting. Shooting on each other, shooting on ourselves. Right? Yeah. Or this, this complex, I don't know what the word is here, but tension for like parents again. Oh, I just want alone time. Mm-hmm. Then I get alone time. Oh, I don't want to spend it with, right? And so it's alone time again, isn't bad, right? We all need alone time. How do I create space and value that? But then also honor the space for loneliness, two different things that create two very different sensations within the body. What came up for me when you said that, and I don't know the answer to this, but I think it's an important discussion is you're with somebody and your level of codependency. And when that separates, whether through death or mm-hmm. just ends, what does that do to levels of loneliness? Oof. Because there, there's your purpose, right? When we talk about codependency, that's... I feel what they feel. I think what they think. And I no longer have that part of me. Lose half of me, right? Yeah. Ooh, it's a tough one because maybe we relied on that person for decision-making, mm-hmm. for accountability to keep ourselves healthy, for knowing what our emotions are. And if I lose yeah. that compass... A part of myself. Where the shit do I go from there? Yeah. Ooh, that's a profound, profound question. 
and I'm, I'm trying to reflect back as we're talking about this of like some clients that experience codependency if they mm-hmm. felt lonely. And I and I think they they do for the for one reason being the purpose is gone because their purpose was everything in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so when again that purpose being a factor that was important. If yeah. I don't have that, then I I feel alone. Because especially with purpose, I talk about you think about your values are seated in that. And if you aren't connecting with people who share those values. Mm-hmm. Wow. You, f- you don't feel connected. You don't feel wanted or a part of something. My brain is just spinning. And I think about like, when we move out of a codependent or unhealthy relationship, there can be, or even death, right? Death of a loved one. There can be both loneliness mm-hmm. and relief. Mm, relief. Mm-hmm. So if we have a loved one that was burdensome to our space and they passed away, right? Oh, mm-hmm. shoot. Now I've lost my purpose. And I don't have to do all these extra things. Mm. If I was in a codependent relationship, I knew in my brain it wasn't healthy. It made me feel like shit, whatever it might be. So there's relief that that Mm. is over. But shoot, where do I go from here? Yeah. How do I function and exist without this person next to me? Yeah. That's tough. I'm, I'm curious about that. I'll have to. The complexity of it, right? And this is true of any psychological phenomenon, at least from my mm-hmm. perspective. Rarely do things come alone, right? Emotions mm-hmm. typically have some friends that come along with them. And I don't think loneliness is any different. Yeah. And that can make it even more confusing. I like being alone sometimes, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be lonely. I don't want to be alone all the time. Yeah. How do I balance the two, right? Or if I've gotten used to alone time, which I kind of value, but want to be around them, but that feels overwhelming. How do mm-hmm. we mitigate this? What do I do? And I also think too about in the context of like, say you've gone through a, a incredible life experience and you can't relate to anybody anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? I think about this with military yeah. veterans, yeah. Um, like me, myself, I came back, I lost a lot of friends, like on a, on a mm-hmm. relational level, cause it was just hard to relate, right? Your, your perspective and perception of life changes. And therefore it's, that's what you're connecting on those. Va- and, and with that, your values change. So then, you know, that's such a good point that shifts and, there was some loneliness there. I would, I, I'd have to admit, it's like, who do I talk to? Like, where do I even connect? Like, mm. I, so you know, I think about those people who have gone through experiences that they can't relate with people on is also another kind of factor playing into the feeling lonely. I'm going to ask you a hard question. What were some things that helped you move out of that loneliness space? If you have, right? That's an assumptive question, but yeah. So <laughs> I mean, for me, and it goes back to where I was going to um, go here in a little bit and more in depth. But I'm an extrovert. So I had hobbies. I like talking. And through that, I, I've redeveloped a new cohort of friends, mm-hmm. right? And since I got in the military, that shifted. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think being an extrovert and going back to the one thing that we talked about earlier, the introversion being a predictor, I, I think it would be more difficult for someone who's introverted, who doesn't actually get out and go do those things. They like to be by themselves. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is when you like to be by yourself so much, you no longer connecting <clears throat> and interacting with society. Mm-hmm. And you're going online, which doesn't necessarily help because those aren't necessarily yeah. the most meaningful connections. Granted, again, it depends how like the research is mixed on this, but it depends on how you use it and, and what that looks like. So rebuilding those connections. Or new connections. New connections. Um, mm-hmm. Or if you have a connection that's been consistent, but it's kind of like wavered, but it's still there. Maybe you give more time for those. And that oscillates too, right? As again, life changes. What if someone like a client says to you, I just can't, I, I just can't go to the event. I just can't. What do you tell them? Well, I mean, sometimes I think about that's only one option. We have other resources to help. Like, what are some hobbies that you'd like? 
Like, what do you want to do that you feel comfortable with? What would be kind of like a gradual process? Mm -hmm. Let's not throw you into a concert, right? And go up on stage. (laughs) Um, No, no. What if you join a little small group that goes, watches birds Mm -hmm. um, and you're into that, or maybe photography, like you, you like that and, but just go to a small group and go out. Mm-hmm. And talk about that and, and share how you guys, because the nice thing about the hobby thing initially when it starts, the relationship is now you're talking about a lot of like the, the, the in the case of photography, the camera mm-hmm. and how you take pictures and different skills. And so it's safe initially that way. You're not delving into, oh, well, tell me about your childhood <laughs> um, or things like that. Or like, are you married or have kids? It, you know, it's more, it's safe. And so I like that as an option too. Um but I'd also explore like why that event specifically, because then I'd want to uncover some barriers. Like, what mm-hmm. is it about this event that is, is triggering for that? That is like, I can't. Because um, then you start looking at social anxiety stuff as well. Self-esteem. Self-esteem. So tackling some of those symptoms first, rather than mm-hmm. necessarily diving head on into the loneliness. Yeah, because maybe loneliness is a byproduct of, of mm-hmm. what anxiety and depression are having them do. Such a good point. Right? So, yeah. And that's why it's so mm-hmm. complex. But loneliness is becoming more and more and more of a very, very important phenomenon to consider when we're looking at our mental, physical well-being. Um, and I see this kind of get stirred up more and more in families when there's political changes, with COVID changes, <laughs> with <laughs> yeah, all the things, right? Because there's always been division, but I think now it's really at the forefront that people are mm-hmm. split by like this group, that group. Mm-hmm. And if my next of kin is not in the same group, can we still exist together? Mm-hmm. Can we navigate that together? Can we put that mm-hmm. shit aside to be in connection, right? So part of this mm-hmm. is ground rules and boundaries with the people I'm with. Boundaries. Boundaries. Had to drop it. Yeah. Right. How do I not completely isolate from these people, but how do I do it perhaps in a way that feels safe? Mm-hmm. That, okay, when we hang out, we're just not going to talk about this topic, whatever it might be. So we can still have a connection. We can still have that socialization Mm -hmm. in a way that isn't triggering or painful for us. That's healthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and again, it has to be worth it. There has to be enough substance there for you to even truth. Like, cause maybe that's important to you and you want to be able to have those conversations and not blow up into don't see each other for like three (laughs) holidays or something. Um, So maybe that's important, but this is, this is going back to your values and finding those that do that. And it may not be your family and guess what? That's okay. And it may not be your romantic partner, and that's healthy. So find. Yeah, put a caveat on that. <laughs> you should have support from your partner, but they can't be your only support. I mean, in the sense that you may not share the same hobbies and everything as your partner. I see. see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it may not be your partner, and you don't want it to only be your partner. Exactly, that's like true. you're saying. So, um, being okay with the fact that it's not the people that you think keyword here should be. Mm-hmm. It may be somebody else out there that, that you need to find through, again, these groups, support groups or the uh, meetup groups or like going to like social functions from like a, if you go to church or you have existing friendships that are a little bit more distal right now and you start putting more energy in them. But it's dealing with some of these accompanying symptoms, right? If that feels like too big of a reach, mm-hmm. go to a therapist, yeah. right? Start practicing some of those social skills. Have them help you with distress tolerance or mm-hmm. anxiety coping skills or whatever it might be. Systematic desensitization if needed, yeah. So that you can gradually move back into a space space of socializing rather than just saying, well, it's not mm-hmm. worth it. It's too much. I'm never going to do it because that won't mm-hmm. serve you. That we know has impacts on brain health, cardiovascular health, mm-hmm. pain, you name it. 
it has an impact on our entire body and system, not just on, I feel lonely. Right. Yeah. Especially long-term. Mm-hmm. I, I go back to the cave analogy that we use for trauma quite a bit. And, and I think about those who aren't competent in their social skills and who are more introverted and are like, it's just going to turn out bad. I, if I go, like nobody's going to talk to me, things like that. They're kind of in this cave where it's safe mm-hmm. and therapists are going to help them put their toe out. Maybe put their finger out, maybe pop their head out and look around and kind of systematically desensitize that it is safe out there. Not everyone's going to like you. And you might find some people that you're really, really going to enjoy their time mm-hmm. um, and kind of working with them, like you're saying, in a very gradual way and understanding what are the barriers for getting out of that cave. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thinking about people in my own life, I know are lonely. Like a big thing that I tell clients or the people in my system, just because people appear happy on the outside does not mean anything about their insides, right? Mm. So reach out to your loved ones. Don't always wait for your loved ones to reach to you. Now, mm-hmm. reciprocity is important, right? We don't want you always being the reacher. <laughs> but try not to mm-hmm. judge people's mental, emotional health on what you see on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, yeah. right? Be that person that reaches out and say, mm-hmm. hey, I'm here for you. Or if you're religious, I'm praying for mm-hmm. you. Or I'm thinking about you, mm-hmm. right? Send a card, send a coffee, whatever it might be to maybe help that person who is struggling with loneliness take Mm -hmm. that little step out of the cave. And if you're the person who is experiencing loneliness, you've got to advocate for yourself. That's real. And again, if there's barriers to keep you from that, let's work with a therapist or somebody to talk through that and find skills and navigate that. But you have to advocate for that because other people are in their own realms. That's real. Right? So it's important what you're saying because those of us, be aware and, and reach out to people that you might feel that way. But it's also for those who are lonely, like you are your... You are solely responsible for your own needs. As much as we want to say, what makes me mad that no one ever reaches out to me? Yeah, that that is painful. And you hold responsibility in making sure Mm -hmm. your needs are met. And if the relationships you currently have don't fill that need, maybe that's the shift. It's finding people where they will fill that need. Yeah. Mm, Loneliness. Mm. This has been Relationships Inside Out, where we kind of picked apart loneliness and what it can look like. Again, it is something that is far more complex than we even talked about here Mm -hmm. in its impacts and how long it can last and what it can look like, um, side effects, you name it. Mm -hmm. If anyone has any questions, thoughts, concerns, topic suggestions, as always, feel free to email us at relationshipsinsideout at gmail.com. But we thank you for listening and look forward to joining us next time. Thank you.